Hello, hello. Anybody there? Hi. Hi, Jaime. Hey, how you doing? ¿Cómo estás? Pretty good. Todo bien. ¿Qué tal? <laughs> Muy bien. Mucho gusto. Mucho gusto igualmente. Oscar, thank you so much, man, for taking the time to do this. I really, really appreciate it. I know it's a, a strange request, right, to say, hey, you want to come and talk to this random stranger about uh, your creativity and your writing and all these awesome things, but I really appreciate your time, man. No, nothing strange at all. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's cool. Awesome. It's cool. I, I'm flattered. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we had this this interesting adventure just a couple of weeks ago. Was it last week or this or two weeks ago? on Twitter with the screenwriting project? Uh, kind of two weeks ago, more or less. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's, yeah kind, kind of, yeah. Okay. So I had never been a part of anything like that. Uh, did, have you done any kind of like collaborative stuff like that where, you know, you, you get a whole bunch of writers and emulate a writer's room and, and kind of get going on story that way? No, never. Um, usually what, what, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've written with other writers before, you know, I have some scripts and stuff that I've written with in collaboration. Mm. The closest thing I think I've done to anything like this, it's sort of, I mean, you might know the name of this exercise, um, you know, Cadaver Esquisito. You know, oh, I, yeah, yeah, the corpse. Exquisite Corpse. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. awesome. Yeah, because, I mean, it's it's an exercise that a lot of creative writing teachers love. So, you know, when, when I have been a, a writing student or anything like that, I've been a part of those. But also, um, you know, when when I have been, um, you know, I, I also I also done some teaching myself. So, you know, sometimes oh, okay. I that's an exercise I also do as well. So, but other than that, no, not nothing like this before. Yeah, and like it, this. it's kind of interesting because I, I felt like at least I needed to talk to somebody about it because it was just such a cool experience uh, how, you know, all of us kind of came from all over the place. And, and then uh, thankfully, Ash brought us together to make something that was uh really a unique thing but i i love the little nods that you put in you know uh that were very much it, it felt like such a unique you know version of you or like what what your voice is and you know all, i think all of us kind of had that you know all of them were just so unique to to our sensibility but uh i'm i'm just glad that uh that we get a chance to talk about it now and uh i wanted to ask you in terms of your storytelling journey how does that begin for you have you always been doing this or, or did you find this later in life? Um, close. I mean, you could say that I've been doing this my whole life. I mean, ever since I was a little kid, I've always been something of a storyteller. I mean, I remember that I was always like drawing. I was always like trying to imagine things. Um, and I, I don't know if it's the same for like every person who is into filmmaking or screenwriting or anything like that. You know, they, this is the experience they had as children, you know, where you know, you, you start, you, you kind of imagine a situation, you, you're, you find yourself in a situation and you start to wonder, okay, how would this be a movie? I mean, you start to remember <laughs> yeah. from other movies or you start to remember like movie songs and things like that. And you're trying yeah, to put in yeah. that context. No. And, and yeah, and yeah, so I was always, you know, I always had that. I always had like that fascination with storytelling, but it didn't quite, I mean, when I was like seven years old, more or less, I started to concrete into, into filmmaking. Because I mean, I, I started to be one of those kids who picked up a camera and started to like put on my little movies yeah. and so, <laughs> yeah. and and yeah, and so you know, it's uh, always had like this idea um, because I, I I would do movies as a kid and all, I would do I would make those movies with my cousins or or who I wanted to be on them, and you know, I always had this idea because I was I was always like a very 
pragmatic kid. I was always like very um, kind of precocious in a way. So, you know, I always thought, okay, um, because they tell me, I mean, oh, no, I mean, it's so cool that you want to make movies, but I mean, you know, that's a very hard thing to do. And I, and I was always like, um, well, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like, a, you know, like a child actor. I'm going to be like a child filmmaker. And when I finally get to be a grown up, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to do any, I'm not going to do, I'm going to do something that for grownups. And, you know, when, um, you know, when I was sort, sort of like in, in, as, a, as a teenager, so more or less. I mean, I started, I did consider like other paths, you know, mm. um, I consider stuff like, um, you know, because thanks to like CSI and stuff like that, people started to get really into criminal, criminal, criminalistics and all that stuff. Um, I wanted to do that for a while. <laughs> I wanted to, <laughs> I, I considered, um, I don't know, I, I consider a bunch of different things, but throughout all that, I mean, it was filmmaking what really stuck to me, it was writing what really, really, really stuck to me. Mm. And, you know, by the time I was like um, 15 and, you know, the prospect of college started to get closer and closer. I mean, I kind of realized, no, I mean, this is this is what I want. I mean, this is really this is really what I want to do. It's, this is uh, this is the path that I want to take. Mm. And, you know, since then, um, I mean, I, I studied I'm a, I'm a career writing. I, I was a career writing major in, in, in university. And so, you know, it just became part of my life. You know, it's uh and you know my love for movies, my love for literature, it has just guided so many things in my life, so many of my travel and decisions, so many uh, of my relationships and friendships have happened because of my love for film mm -hmm. and my love for writing. So you know it's just something that just you know just got stuck to me, and um, yeah, I mean I haven't really stopped. And you know for uh, I will say that kind of, kind of I, I did kind of turn a corner when I was in college because. Um, I, um, even to this day, I, I'm making short films and things like that. I'm still making. I'm actually, ma I'm actually in post production of my first feature right oh, now. Oh, great! And yeah, yeah, it's been a wild ride, <laughs> but it's been fun <laughs> at least. Yeah, we'll, and, have, we'll have to talk about that one too. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, what happened was that when I was, I mean, in college, I mean, I was, I was, I mean, I was, I, I write a lot. I mean, I, I'm known. Um, anywhere, <laughs> anybody who knows yeah, me, I, that, that. I've seen your cover flight too, and you you got a whole bunch of stuff already going on, man. There, you're leaving a track record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm kind of long. I kind of known for being like prolific, and this is a, this has been me since like college, you know, mm -hmm. or so. And what happened was that you know people were telling me, hey, I mean, don't you want to write a script for me? Don't you want to write a script for my short film that I have to do for class? Do you want to write this mm -hmm. this uh, this thing and so on. So, you know, I kind of realized that, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, for sure. I mean, I, I, I love to write. I mean, I, and if it's with a friend or anybody, I, I would love to collaborate with that, with that person. Hmm. And, you know, I just kind of realized because I was like um, 22 and kind of about to, to leave college. And I was like, well, I don't know how, I don't know what my life looks, looks like from here because I want to, I want to, I want to make movies. But so where were you at this time? Uh, were you, um, well, I guess I, I should start. Where are you at now, uh, living-wise? Oh, um, I live in Juarez, Mexico, you know, okay. right next to El Paso, Texas. I mean, I consider myself, uh, you know, the thing about living on the border is that you kind of consider yourself somebody who, who lives on, you know, yeah. on the border. You know, yeah. there's like no, I mean, there's <laughs> a distinction, but you just see yourself part of this world. And, you know, somebody who yeah. went to school over there, you know, and, and uh -huh. in the States, you know, I mean, you just see it as, as part of your life. And, yeah, I yeah. mean. 
I went to I went to college in the states. I, I was mm-hmm. in university. In, I studied in, in in the states. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I apologize if I, if I'm kind of like going all over the place, but just to to clarify, you're a writer, you're a director, and also musician, right? Uh, from what I no. get, or no musician, but you've worked. Not, with not a musician. Um, no, not a musician. I I have a little bit of experience in music. Oh, okay. But very very little. It's uh it's a thing I did very briefly while I was in high school, and a little little bit in in college. But no, um, it, I haven't been involved in music in a long long time. Sometimes I really consider it. Sometimes I really want to. Um, do it again, uh, especially because I think it might save me money if I wrote my own scores, you know, kind of like John oh, yeah. Carpenter or somebody like that. But but no, I mean, I, I love music. If somebody would tell me that they want me to join a band, I might actually say yes. Mm. But no, I mean, it's it's one of those things like with um, with like illustration and, and art and all that, that. I mean, I, I guess I can draw, but I would much rather, I mean, I, I would much rather see somebody picture you know paint a picture that i want to see then mm-hmm. then then i do because my my skill isn't my skill levels not that high mm-hmm. and when it comes to to music it's the same that i think mm-hmm. i i think it would be fun to compose but i mean it's just not i mean i, I just love you have to make the choice right to kind of step away and say hey i'm gonna put my energy into this into the writing and directing right is that ideally what you want to do write and direct Exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. And direct. And I would say, I mean, kind of when, when, when getting into this whole story about the path that I took was that, I mean, I was kind of like, and when I was like about to leave college, I was about to graduate. Mm-hmm. And what happened was that I saw that, I mean, how am I going to make a movie? I was like, how, how am I going to do this? Like, you know, it's going to come down and make, money, and make money for me, but I'm sorry. And, and give me money to make the movie. But what happened was that, the i kind of realized that writing you know screenwriting i mean it's kind of that it's something that i mean it's a job i mean you you get hired to write for others or you get you get your scripts um purchased or option or whatever and there was like this whole i I started to look into the way the industry worked Mm -hmm. and i thought well i mean i i love writing and i love writing for our people i I love the collaboration processing you know that's what i want to do my problem at the time was that I, I mean, I, I was more of a short film writer and I had written like a couple of features, like two or three, but very, very, a very, very small number. And I had to train myself to write features. You know, I had to um, abandon a lot of um, notions that I had about screenwriting in order to write features. So, and I, oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, I mean, oh yeah, and then what happened was that I trained myself and just started writing and and writing, and since then, I mean, that's been my path. And I kind of realized, I mean, I love directing. I love. I want to direct more, but I feel like I'm more of a writer than a director because mm-hmm. uh, the thing about directing is that it takes a lot of energy, it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of resources. Uh, meanwhile, and 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 meanwhile, with writing. Um, I can just sit down, be on the keyboard, and just type away, and then try to move ahead and finish. And the tricky thing about when it comes, I mean, we already talked a little bit about how prolific I am. I feel like at this stage in my life, I feel like um, I will have a hard time directing everything I really meant. So I'm not sure if I even <laughs> so, want yeah. to do that. So again, coming back to to like the practicality of thing, you know, where where you say, it's better for me to just have this output and that way the collaborators can kind of come along because of the speed that you're used to working. Right. I'm like just telling stories, 
right? Want to continue mm-hmm. doing that. Um, I did want to ask you in terms of a, a, going from short films to feature length films, what do you, what has been the hardest thing for you to kind of uh, overcome or to, to kind of work at, or is, is there a big leap that you felt that you had to take for that? Uh, when it comes to writing, definitely. I think that, for example, this is something that I, I always tell people, like I, I kind of like my own, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's like, I'm, I don't think I'm saying something that hasn't been said before, but I feel like, for example, when it comes with, uh, I feel like, um, with short films, I feel like have their own structure. I mean, you, you kind of, you kind you can be more experimental. You can be more, um, it, it's kind of like telling a joke. I mean, you can just make yeah, a very small yeah. point and make it very powerfully. So, um, I, I kind of, I had to train I, I my, my ideas about writing about structure and apply them to to uh to, to feature writing and this is but that just has been something that i've been working on for years and years and years and years so you know i think that um it took a lot of practice look uh, and i have I've, I've been lucky to come across some people along the way who have been great mentors and also i mean we we live in the time of the internet so i think even better i mean that we have this opportunity to to see all these channels on YouTube or podcasts and other yeah. things like that that can help us, you know, that can help us be better writers or to have a better understanding of filmmaking. So mm-hmm. I don't know, it just has been a, it has been like a whole, you know, I'm just trying to educate myself like every day and trying to um, learn, learn more overall. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of the hardest part when it comes to writing, you know, it's kind of like to reconfigure like everything that I know about writing, about my own writing, you know, how, to, how can I, you know what? What was the what? What are the key differences? Just trying to apply them, and then yeah. you know go over them and over and over again. So you know when it comes to the actual writing, that's what it is. Um, yeah. When it comes to directing, um, so far I can tell you that I you know I'm just grateful that I made a lot of short films. I made a, I have <laughs> quite a, quite a lot of short films I made over the years. The process is honestly not that different. The difference is that it takes a lot longer. That's mm-hmm. really the main difference because. For example, I can finish like a 10 minute short film, maybe over two, three days, maybe mm-hmm. sometimes even less than that. And exchange, you know, it can take you. Um, I mean, it depends on, on the on, on the rigor because, you know, the, the usually the Hollywood process is that you can spend a whole day on like six on even three pages of a script. But if you're on an indie level, you know, that can mean like six or 10 pages. Mm-hmm. And that's true. That's that has been true in my case that Sometimes you spend a whole day um, shooting like the equivalent of 10 minutes of film, right? but you're not gonna, you still have like um, at least seven other days to go. You know, if you're, do, if you're doing it in a certain way, <laughs> yeah. you still have like um, 70 to 80 minutes of movie to, so to it's make. So the marathon, yeah, the marathon, yeah. thinking of it. Um, yeah. Was there a short film in particular that you remember just, just not going well or something that really left you with a lot of knowledge after where you you finished this short project and you said oh shit i i survived that or i did that or i learned something that was that really left an impact on you yeah yeah definitely um there was a short film that I, it was a, it was available for a while but then i just took it out because i was just kind of embarrassed by it um <laughs> it was called el regalo and mm-hmm. it was it was a comedy and it was the first time that one, I directed something with dialogue. Two, that I directed something with a slightly larger crew. In this, mm-hmm. in this case, I, I hired um, a DP, you know, to do the, the cinematography for me. And that, um, so yeah, I think, I think the were, those, those were kind of like the biggest factors overall. So 
what happened was that, I mean, it wasn't a bad experience at all, but it kind of realized, it made me realize how out, out of my depth I was when it came mm. to directing actors. Mm. Because, I mean, usually at that point I hadn't directed anything with dialogue. And usually what I would do is I would pick, I would pick very expressive actors, you know, who, who, you know, who were really mm. good at, yeah. you know, emoting with their faces and all. But then I'm trying to apply that to how to direct dialogue and trying, and trying to make comedic dialogue work and trying to make punchlines work and timing and all that. I just wasn't, I mean, I was just completely out of my depth when it came to that. And when it came to same with the thing with directing, with directing and director photography, I mean, just made it more complicated because I mean, I had my own vision. I had my own way of doing things. And, you know, the, the, you know, the director of photography, you know, he, he was a fantastic guy. I mean, he, he did, he did well, but I just didn't have, um, I mean, I just didn't have the skills to really put that into practice. I just didn't really know what I should be saying or to get the results that I want. Right. And yeah. And that just, I think that when it came to making that short, I think that was really, um, that was really a complicated experience. I mean, just, it just didn't work out. It, it was, it, it, I think the actors did a great job. Everyone did a great job, but just didn't hold together. It just didn't work at all. And also it was experience in the sense that, um, that short, for example, was originally was originally set at, at like um, around Christmas time. It was supposed to involve all the different locations, you know, like a school and uh, oh wow, and like yeah. a, store, a store and all this. And I had a, like a whole plan, but the pro- but the plan didn't work out. I, I ended up shooting it and um, yeah, pretty much in my house in the in the neighborhood, sort of. I kind of like turned it into a neighborhood story and it kind of works in that way, but it taught me the very important thing, which is that I think something that, that a lot of screen artists should learn um, when they're starting out, which is that you have to adapt while you're writing to the circumstances. And because you're always going to end up in situations where the, you know, where maybe an actor gets sick and they cannot make it that day or where the location fell apart. So you gotta find another location and you have to make a great scene that works in that same location. Or you know, it turns out that you know the the scene. That I means so, the weather is bad, and you yeah. have to maybe right now. I mean, you 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 had written the scene for a for a for a rainy day, but now it has to take place <laughs> um, in the snow. Uh, you know, for some or in, or in, or or in a sunny day. So you know, it 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 just made me realize like, wow. I mean, this is. I mean, I I, I mean, I've been having a lot of fun making these shorts and all, but you know, I just realized that things don't go perfectly, and that I have to adapt. I had to um, I have to adapt in order to to make um, in order to make something work. Yeah. And yeah. No, so, that, that's, <laughs> no, that's amazing. Yeah. And I, I think that's fascinating, too, that that you you kind of went about it like almost the exact opposite where, where I began, which is, you know, I started as an actor when when I was like younger, you know, kind of in high school. And so I I really thought that my foundation was working with actors. And then everything else has always kind of been the difficulty is like finding the technicality or finding, you know, the visual component of it. Whereas it seems like because you mentioned like drawing and, and having that visual mind, was that kind of like the, the initial way that you feel that you see things and then everything else has to fall into place for you? Yes. Yes. That's the way, that's the way it, it started off for me. Um, I feel like I, I'm still that way. I'm still very much, I try to be very visual, but you know, you just kind of learn. I mean, I'm, I've been learning my kind of like my pratfalls, you know, for, for a while now. And for example, uh, because, you know, I kind of wanted to be, at least for a while, I wanted to be one of those filmmakers like, um, 
um, I want to say like the Cohen Butters and and Zack Snyder and the like, you know, who they they shoot their storyboards. I mean, they they know right. their shots and right. they shoot their storyboards and they're very precise and excited. I mean, I can still do that. I still want to do that, and I think and I pretty much still do it. But then I realize, like, man, I mean, coverage is so important. <laughs> it can save you so much, and it can give you so many options when when you're um, when you're making a film. So you know, I, I just kind of like taught myself, okay, I mean, I'm I have to be very visual. But I also have to adapt because you know. Especially at this stage where I'm basically making um, no budget, micro budget stuff, where you know you don't, you, you have to accept that I mean you're not gonna have control of the situation. I mean, you're not gonna have control of the of the location of the sets. But you know this is something that everybody goes through. I mean, there's this great thing in the James Cameron masterclass where he says that I mean the difference between when it comes to budgets is the control you have when it comes to making a film. I mean, you you probably I mean and probably your film won't be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Production Design, but you can still make a good movie. I mean, you can still do something interesting. You can still create a whole world with what you have, right. with, with just, with, I mean, like something in the same room I'm in, I could probably do something interesting with it if I figure out a way. So, you know, that, just, that has been my whole process. I mean, just kind of like accepting that, okay, I have my ambitions, this is what I want, but it has to, it has to adapt to what I can actually do. You know, mm -hmm. but I can actually have access to. So that has been the way I have been figuring it out, and just kind of um, just trying. And you know, when it comes to doing coverage, actually doing coverage, you know, just trying to present myself with different options. And you know, it has been a total lifesaver in, <laughs> when it comes to editing. So, so yeah, it's been it's, it's just the whole, that's the way my process is. Like I'm still very visual, still very exact and very detailed. But I think that, that can be a good thing because then I can say, okay, I know what the plan is. Now I have to figure out how to apply it. To mm. within this mold that this lack of budget, this lack of control over location is giving me. So, you know, that's the, that's for me the key difference. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, I'm going to uh, talk to you about the, the feature production or kind of like what you're working on right now in terms of that project. But I wanted to ask you first about just your log lines are, are re really beautifully written and they, they have a, just this tone that I really, really love in terms of blending in there, there's almost like genre elements, right? Like there's, there's a little bit of that going on, but then there's a mm. grounded reality. There's something there that feels very, very you. Um, can you tell me a little bit about um, how your background is kind of influencing the work that you've written or are writing? Because uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a Mexican guy in Wyoming. Like I'm, I'm constantly oh. kind of reaching out for some of my culture because I just got it from the family, you know? Um, and, and so like for you, when you're putting down some of these ideas or starting to explore them, do you begin with a conscious thing of like, I got to represent, I got to, I got to, you know, write, write about Mexicans or I got to write about, you know, I'm just going to write what I want to write. How does that work for you? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for the compliment. I really, I'm really glad you, you, you like my lock lines and they, that oh, they sound cool. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. Thank you. Uh, I mean, and actually the answer to your question is yes. I mean, it's it's just because what I mean. I gotta tell you that when I was the I have a master's degree that I did in art and design, and my thesis for that um, for for that degree was about um, what was about the representation of the border on film and television. Mm -hmm. And you know, I I wrote. I mean, this was like um, six years ago or so. And what happened was that the i was thinking a lot it made me think a lot about, about how things are represented i mean it made me think about the um you know the the way the board comes so 
you know, is represented on film and, you know, how, how can that change? And at the same time, I think it was kind of like the, the start of a lot of discussions about, I mean, discrimination in Hollywood, I mean, the way, um, you know, you know, Latinos and, and, and people of color are represented in, um, in, in film and television. You know, I was just thinking a lot about that. So I thought, okay, I mean, well, I mean, if I want to contribute to this, I mean, what can I do? Because, I mean, I know I just wrote this, this whole essay and I think I, and I think it's pretty good and all, but I want to, I, I want to see some, some change, you know, I want to see things in a different way. And, I, and, you know, kind of like the way I see it is that, okay, first of all, um, I can make, mo I'm, I'm still making movies here. I mean, I'm going to be making films for a while. So when, you know, whatever I make is going to represent mm -hmm. the border and my vision for it. So mm -hmm. in addition to that, it's the, it's also the, the fact that, okay, I mean, I can pick any location in the world that I want. I mean, I can. I mean, as a writer, I don't have to um, to default to somewhere like New York or or LA or yeah. or I don't know wherever. So uh, mm -hmm. I thought, okay, why not make it on the board? I mean, I I mean, for example, a uh, 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 sci-fi film set in the board. I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, no, exactly. That, that hasn't really been done. Or a horror film set here, like why not? <laughs> so right. you know, it's uh, I, I just started to figure. Okay, I mean, it's uh, I think that doing something like that just gives it a different flavor and mm -hmm. it's a fl and again i can give it because you know not i mean for example one thing i would say is that i don't think that for example two people who are from Juarez will write about Juarez the board in their own way you know somebody might do something that will do something else and then some other writer uh, a third writer would do another completely different thing so you know i think that we'll have our own unique takes i mean this that but the, the fact is that for example you if you write it uh, a genre piece without approximation to the border no matter what angle you're taking it, I think it's gonna be something does not really does not really seen that often in in film or television or even literature. So you know, it's uh for me, I just became okay. I think this is what I want to do when it, with my with my writing. You know, I want to do I, I want to give it an angle because the very is my own personal angle. It's what um, I mean, and for me, it's not just it's not just arbitrary. I mean, the the thing I you know I kind of thought about it for a while. Because sometimes something that happens is that some people tell me, I mean, it's cool that you write horror, it's cool that you write sci-fi and all, but when are you going to write like a drama? I mean, why don't you write like something more more serious or something like that? Yeah. And it's uh, it's like I mean, I have, I mean, have I have a few dramas, I have a few drama scripts, but I think that you know, I I've, I've lived some pretty and I have seen some pretty intense things here on the border. You know, um, you know, I a huge chunk of. Of, of my young adult years, mm -hmm. what happened was that I was a, and I, I mean, it was when the crime wave here in, in, in Juarez really got really bad, where there were like eight to 10 murders a day and things like that. I mean, you know, if I want to write about that, I could, and I could specifically write about those events. But it's just that it's so surreal and so strange to live through experiences like that that i think that sometimes the the most rational way to represent at least for me personally is through a horror story or for a mm -hmm. sci-fi story because that's just the way it feels it just feels like you're stuck in a reality that's completely different from the from the rest of the other world yeah so i think that that's why i have gravitated more towards genre and combining those experiences um that you know the good ones, the bad ones, just giving it that touch of, of the border and mixing it with with uh, with something like horror or sci fi be exactly for those reasons, because it just makes the most sense to me. And I feel like it's the best way I can represent 
you know the the weirdness the the strong emotions that you can lift here on the border in a in a way that doesn't seem because you know sometimes i tell people the true stories that happens here and they're like wow i mean I, if mm -hmm. that was in the movie i wouldn't believe it yeah so you know it's uh you have to i think it's the best way to ground it somehow yeah ab absolutely and i think it's a beautiful thing that you're doing because you know looking at it from the perspective of you know i'm i'm up here and it feels like i am removed from it and so we get news through the media we get news through the movies that are that are representing the border in a certain way and there is no balance there there is nothing to counter the existing idea and so you talk to any any person you know in the midwest or you know in the rockies where i am it's it's like no you don't want to go there it's it's this horrible place but the i i do believe that because of the brutality and, and hopefully you'll agree with me on this it's like the humanity has been robbed of the of the setting of the place of your home and and i just think it's an amazing thing that you're doing because by creating these stories it's like you're countering that and you're fighting that and it, and that's just it's really inspiring and it's it's just really good to see you do have that gift to transform this perspective because it it is infuriating you know like i i'm tired of seeing these same stories over and over again set in the border about it's like suffering porn right where mexicans are going through these things and and it's a performance to some people and so um it's an amazing thing that you're doing but um i did want to ask you about the um the feature project that you got going on i don't know if you want to give too much away but uh what what's going on there with uh in terms of the development of it or, or where you're at with it um, right now it's in post-production actually the when was it like last weekend like this past weekend actually um i reviewed the latest cuts of the movie it's been it's been a full journey because we i mean we finished principal photography two years ago oh wow and then i and i wanted to do i wanted to do additional photography i wanted to shoot new scenes uh, for the movie but then kobe got in the way oh. and we were not able to yeah. do it until like a few months ago, we were not able to do those news. I, I didn't even do, I decided not to do all the, all, all the scenes that I had in mind, but yeah. I decided to, I, I did film like at least half of them and that, that was more than enough for the movie. Mm. And the, and yeah, we, 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 we shot those a couple of months ago. And right now we're just in post-production. I mean, I'm hoping, um, you know, my, I'm, I'm working with two editors. I mean, one, one of them kind of like uh, had to step away from the project because, you know, they have this, this whole, I mean, they have their own lives, they have their own projects. So, you know, they had to step yeah. away. So then it was, it was just me. And then I brought forward um, a, a friend and, you know, and, you know, she, she's doing a, an incredible job and she did a great job with the editing. And I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to review the cut one more time um, in a couple of days. And then I will make a decision because, you know, I, I'm trying to get the cut exactly right because then if it's ready, if it's uh, I want, then I will start showing it to people. I will start showing it to to some people who you know whose opinion um, I, I really trust when it comes to the films and the like. Mm. And if uh, it and if everything goes right, then you know we just move forward to the the final stuff, which is really you know stuff like color correction and sound mm -hmm. and music, and hopefully at some point next year um, we'll, we'll start. I mean, I have a different, I have a whole lot, I have a whole gamut of plans when it comes to to see how people might see the movie so uh, and hopefully at some point you know we will have it will be available to an audience even if, even if, if even if it's a festival audience it will be available to them hopefully at some point next year i mean fingers crossed yeah, yeah. so got my fingers yeah. crossed for you yeah 
Yeah. I, I got to ask you as the the main figurehead of a lot of these projects, you know, and the way that you go about uh, putting together a team when you're working with, with little or no budget, what does it take to get a group of people to believe in the work? What do you think, how do you think that happens? Or what do you think we have to do as directors or creators, right? To get people to come together to work toward the vision. Um, I think, I think that first of all, you have to give them a script. You have, you have to give them material that they also believe in. You know, you have to give them uh, material that they also like or enjoy. I mean, you have to let them see that, okay, I mean, that they have to fall in love with the roles that you might give them. They have to fall in love with the, with the story that you're telling. And so, you know, you have to be very open about the, the script that you want. You have to give them, you know, I, I would say, I mean, I used to be very hesitant about giving them the whole script. But I mean, you, you realize that, I mean, at this level, I mean, you're, you're not Christopher Nolan. You're not J.J. Abrams, you know, who can afford you're to. You're like standing out there, you know, outside their house while they read the script. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. you, you cannot do that at, 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 at this level. I mean, you just cannot do that. So, you know, you have to be very open about your project and you have to give, you have to allow them to read the script. You have to give them um you have to show them the, the whole project, what's your vision for it. And you just have to just hope that they believe in it as well. But also, I mean, you need to figure out, I mean, what, what their wants and their needs are as people, you know, as actors, mm -hmm. you know, if they're, they want something for their portfolio, do they want to get paid? I mean, and, you know, what do they need? I mean, how can you make this work with their lives? Because even if you're, even if they agree to work for you, um, without, or, without, or, or very little, you know, pay, you have, to acknowledge that you know that at that point, I mean, you're working together on this probably as a hobby. I mean, you have to give mm -hmm. them the opportunity. You know, if they if something comes up with their jobs, to go and do that thing with their jobs. If something comes up with their families, to go and do that thing with their families. Because at that point, I mean, you're you're just uh, you're just working there as as friends or just uh, or they're doing a tiny favor for you. But I mean, you're not an your, your product's not an obligation at that point, and you have to understand that and you have to respect that mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, I think it's it's a good thing. You know, it's a great deal about also negotiating and just listening to to your prospective actors or your, or your prospective crew and just coming to an agreement about mm -hmm. how can you make this work with the life that mm -hmm. you you get you to have and uh, and also you know what what your needs and wants are as people and as you know as filmmakers. So it's finding that flexibility, extreme flexibility, you know, and, and yeah. I guess you, you kind of start losing some of that flexibility the further up you go, maybe, or maybe you, you just got to be flexible the whole time, you know, as you keep <laughs> yeah, going yeah, up the much. budget ladder. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um. No, that's, that's great. Uh, I, I do remember working on a, on a project that uh, it was my, my web series kind of film thing. And <laughs> I wrote the script, I shot half of it and half of my cast moved. Mm -hmm. oh, so, man. That's, that's I had, yeah i i had yeah. this um i had about 30 30 minutes worth of film you know of an 80 minute you know thing and i had to rewrite it i i rewrote yeah. around what i had and that was the most painful thing i've ever done mm -hmm. and and ultimately we got something and it exists but it's not you know what we we initially intended so in terms of those sacrifices like are there some things that you're just still kind of shaking your head about where you're, you're just like, this is, this broke my heart, you know, like what are some projects that really broke your heart? 
Well, I mean, like the, the first short that I, you know, that I mentioned, I mean, El, El Regalo, I mean, that, I mean, that was a story that everybody loved and that was very funny and all, and it just didn't work because, mm. and again, it could have, I could have made it work perhaps, but it just, uh, it, 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 it just fell flat. You know, I just couldn't, I just couldn't figure out a way to make it work with the changes, you know, with the location changes, mm. with the season change and all, it just, I just couldn't figure out how to make it work. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's one, that's one good example of that um mm. i don't know i mean there's things that are, are more like in, in retrospect you know where you know things that i've made that i look at and i'm like man i, I wish that I, ha I would make that film now because <laughs> i mean because even if people like it um i now will know how to make this look good now i know how to make how to make the shot the way i wanted it to look so right. i mean there's a, a, there's a lot of stuff that i look at you know in my in my older shorts and all that i'm like Wow, I mean, why, why did I use a handheld camera for that shot? <laughs> why, why did I use a tripod or, 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 uh, or yeah, I mean, just uh, or why, why did I spend so much time on this, you know, dumb shot and not, and not more time on this, on this big dramatic scene that's so important and for the story. Right. So you know, it's a, it's a whole learning process, you know. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that I have tiny regrets a lot. Uh, I mean, about the things that I made before, and. I mean, yeah, I think it's something that just doesn't go away. But you, but you know, you, it's a uh, same thing. You know, it's necessary for learning experience. I mean, you have to learn to adapt and have to make it work in your in your favor. And uh, right. yeah, make it work. No, absolutely. Um, I'm going back in time again, but uh, I I always try to ask this question because it's it's interesting to me. But when you were younger, when you were first discovering, right? Um, what are some works of art? What are some films? or moments with, with the art form that, that really just sold you on it? Like, what are some movies that really made a profound difference in, in your, uh, creative upbringing? Um, I, I mean, first of all, when it comes to being a kid, um, you know, the things, I think that I feel like, because first of all, I don't remember the first time that I watched, um, Star Wars, for example, but I know, I, I know I always loved Star Wars. And or the first time, I mean, I remember when I first watched Jurassic Park, but I, I mean, I remember the feeling that made me love it. You know, mm -hmm. it's something that you can kind of, you just kind of really, okay, you want, you saw a movie and you love and obsessed, and obsessed over it. So, I mean, those are some of the, those are some, some of them. So, but I think the, one of the first things that made me realize that, you know, what was possible in film was when I was, I was a tween, I was like 10 or 11 years old, I was very, I was very young. And, you know, I come from a Catholic house, but it's a very interesting. I, I, my parents, for example, my 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 father, you know, he's very scientifically minded. So and 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 for example, my, my parents are both. I mean, they they're both religious, but they have some very interesting ideas about the There's world. Openness, right? Yeah, oh, openness. That's, exactly. that's amazing. <laughs> that is. Yeah. Yeah. And. So, you know, th there were certain, I mean, so for example, they, I mean, they, 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 they taught me in a way to, to be respectful of the Catholic doctrine and also to not close my mind to other ideas. Mm -hmm. So, so for example, and at the time, um, I always had, I always, mean, I always been very morbid, always been very morbid. So, I you know, I always have like this fascination with the, with the, the end of the world and the apocalypse. I mean, maybe that's also why I'm a genre writer as well. Yeah, it's because, it's very theatrical. How can you not love uh -huh. it, right? It's it's just, uh -huh. you know, the horns coming in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
And I, I mean, I, I was one of those kids, you know, who would read because, for example, if I saw an article on like Premier Magazine about a film that was about, about to come out, I would, I would buy the magazine and, and read it. And I, I had heard of this film by, by Hal Hartley called The Book of Life, mm-hmm. which was about the it, it's, it's kind of like a dramatization of the of the of the book of Revelations, you know, of the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. But it was it's set on December 31st, 1999. Uh, Jesus Christ is—it's uh, he's like basically a normal guy in a suit, and and Mary Magdalene is his assistant in some way, and the devil's also like a like a guy. In his, and there was this channel—I I think it's still around. I, I had to check, but there was this channel called Cinema Golden Choice in Mexico, okay, and on cable. And one day they showed that movie, and I was like, man, I mean, this is this is a really this is really interesting because first of all. Um, it's it's basically most of the movies just dialogue i mean at, at the time when i was like when when you're like 10 or 11 years old that's like the most you know mind-blowing thing to you that uh, movies that just dialogue can be like so intriguing to you uh-huh. but i mean it just was some very interesting ideas and at the same time i mean this movie was shot on like digital video it was like one of the very first movies that was shot that way and with, with, with like a consumer camera and i was like wow i mean the i mean it has some very it looks very interesting like how how can they how did they do that? And I and then and I and then I mean that, that was that's a great thing about the internet that this was when I was first had internet at home and also I just started to research and and, and I was like wow I mean I mean this is an independent movie this is an independent um, a very low budget um, film with that was made for almost no money uh-huh. and just opened my mind to the world of independent film like about what was possible to do yeah. in cinema you know it, it's not it's, it's not all just um, Disney cartoons and uh-huh. big budget you know there's this whole other world of film that that i haven't tapped into and you know it's just so i mean that that's one movie that really changed um my the, the way uh, i was looking at, at movies and then mm-hmm. i think another one would be um the royal tenenbaums you know oh, by wes anderson yeah. I watched, there you I go watched a couple of years later yeah because i mean that movie really struck me because it taught me like you know like how specific uh uh uh, a director's vision can be, you know, the way they taught me, like, okay, the, the way, because you know, Wes Anderson is very well known for symmetrical shots, and just the, and just kind of like the, the the ways that he uses music, the way the way he frames his shots, you know, it just really made me yeah. see, like, wow, yeah. that's, that's what and a director does. The uh-huh. characters are so well drawn in his movies, and that's a thing mm-hmm. that that people overlook because of the stylistic part of it. You you read a Wes Anderson script and they're there, the, the people that he's filming or, or writing about are there. And, uh, uh, that, that's such an awesome movie. I'm just really taken away with that. Um, did you see the French dispatch at all? The new one? Not yet. No, not okay. yet. I'm not, I'm not quite going to the movies yet. I don't think it's open here in, in, in Mexico oh, anyway. Okay. But, yeah. but yeah, I really well, want to see it. I, I forget. Um, and this is, this is really awful of me to say, but like, I'm in the state of Wyoming in the United States and, and half of our population doesn't believe in the pandemic. And that's really sad, you know, and yeah. you know, like we, we, uh, sanitize, we wear our masks, but you know, people have just continued to, to live here, which is kind of, you know, scary, but you know, mm-hmm. at this point, uh, it's, it's just kind of crazy, but, um, yeah, I'll have to talk to you about that later then we'll talk about the French yeah. dispatch later. <laughs> yeah, hopefully soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you about, um, this is kind of random, but Mexican cinema, like, did you ever watch any of those old, like, uh, you know, movies of the golden age of Mexican cinema or were those ever kind of in the thought process, you know, when you, when you were starting to do some writing? 
Uh, yes, I mean, I, I mean, I have to say that unfortunately, I'm very kind of ignorant of a lot of Mexican cinema. Okay. But those movies have been part of my life. I mean, it's always uh, it hasn't ha it doesn't happen as often now. But you know, every time that I would, they, you know, they used to be on TV all the time here. You know, yeah. with, those old yeah. movies with like. Um, you know, the, the, you know, like Los Olvidados. Right, and, and uh, Pedro Infante, and uh -huh. pretty much like the, that kind of golden age of like the 40s and 50s. Um, I remember, because I, I lived in Mexico when I, when, up until I was like 10 years old, and then we, we moved over here. And so I remember watching like, what was it, Canal de las Estrellas or something like that, and uh -huh. they would have those movies. And the one thing that I remember I, I took away from them was like, they weren't musicals, but they always had a musical interlude. It's like a yeah. Infante movie. Like he's got to sing like once or twice, but yeah. it's not a musical. And so like right. when I started watching proper musicals, I was like, well, they're just going to sing the whole time. Like Pedro Infante <laughs> only needed two songs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but any, yeah. anyway, um, yeah, because I, I think about the, like the filmmakers diet, you know, and, and how I, I feel like sometimes I got to play catch up, whether it's in like Mexican cinema or, you know, like there's just so many Hollywood movies and so many things to kind of go back to that I, I n almost don't know where to begin. So like, what do you think are some essentials for a filmmaker in this day and age to know? Like, what are some things that some films that are, are just like completely breathtaking that, that you think can't be missed? Uh, Mexican films or, or from yeah, just from wherever the ones that are really like taking your breath away. Uh, I would start with uh, the 400 Blows by François Truffaut. I mean, it's kind of like the first, the film that established the French New Wave, mm -hmm. and I think that you know it's a that's a very important film to to watch and know. I think that um, sort. Of, I mean, my my all time favorite and the one I always go back to is is Children of Men by Alfonso Cuarón. Oh, I mean, he yeah, yeah. That's just I think I think that movie is just a masterpiece and probably you know just a, just a fantastic um, yeah film that i think teaches i mean it i mean you watch it as a film but for for the filmmaking i mean there's so much to learn there and so much to unpack and when it, when it comes to the filmmaking um which other which other one i think uh, for example the, the wars of the animations the animation works of hayao miyazaki you know mm. at the uh, princess mononoke spirited away i mean no matter where you start you're gonna find gold there i mean mm. they're just uh they're just beautiful films and just so so emotional and so 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 intelligent and yeah. Um, also, I mean Akira Kurosawa. I mean, how, how can you go wrong with uh, with him? It's uh, I mean Seven Samurai, Rashomon. Uh, you know, you just I mean uh, Red Red Beard. I mean, where wherever again, wherever you <laughs> go, just, yeah, there. you'll you'll find uh -huh. uh, you'll find goodness where, wherever you hit the rock. Uh -huh. Um, what are some of your favorite screenplays? Like just, you know, what you've read on paper, are there some that really kind of stuck with you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think that I, I really like, um, let me think for a little bit because there, there's been, it's funny because it's one of those things. I mean, I think that first of all, I, I love Charlie Kaufman. Um, mm -hmm. like Eternal Sunshine of the Mind is one of my very, very favorite scripts and one of my favorite films as well. Um, also, uh, Michael Clayton by Tony Gilroy. I think that's, that's an outstanding screenplay and, and just uh, this completely mesmerizing. Also, um, which one? There, there's some. Also, I mean, stuff like the Coen Brothers, like, um, oh, yeah. you know, Racing Ar Fargo, Racing Arizona, Blood Simple, you know, th those are just terrific screenplays. Mm. 
Um, I really like the um, it's uh, which other ones? Um, kind of like going through the decades, kind of like thinking about it a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I really like. I mean, I love Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, I I think I think my personal. I mean, my I love all his movies, but I think my personal favorite of his scripts and the, of his movies, Punch Drunk Love. And yes. I, I just give me an Air Five. I'm gonna give you an Air yeah. Five right now because. <laughs> That yeah. is that is my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie, and you're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, for, for me, I love that movie. I love the script because it's so spare, but the movie's yeah. there. You know, yeah. it's just uh, it's so simple, but it, it, the the dialogues, the way they're written, and everything, they just they, they just give you so much. Even though it's a very simple screenplay. Yeah, so, that's that's the yeah. movie that that made me want to make movies like you know, you, you have the inspiration, right? Like you see back to the uh, future or Jurassic park, like you were saying, but that movie was so little, he created this massive, massive world. It, it was just absolutely uh, amazing, but sorry, this was a completely selfish question because I wanted to get some new scripts to read. So <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it, man. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, I want to be respectful of your time and, and just make sure that I can, I can ask you a couple of questions if that's okay. Um, but, uh, um, okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, what's, what's on the horizon now, you know, uh, outside of the movie, is the movie taken up all of your bandwidth or is, are there other things that you're kind of plotting right now? Well, I mean, I'm just writing, right. I mean, I'm just writing right now. It's, uh, I plan to write, um, you know, I, I have a few assignments going on with a few filmmakers and kind of like, a, and a few writing partnerships that I'll have going on. One thing that I want to do next year, it's write another book. I, I, oh. I already have, a, I actually have two books. One, I, one is actually a novel. The other one's oh, more like, awesome. a novella, like a novella. I mean, they have a term for it. It's like a novella. Yeah. In, I mean, it's, it's not a novella, but just, kind of- Just fit. under novel? Yeah, even on, or it's more like a novel in short, like a novella in short stories. Oh, I, I'm okay. totally right now. So, yeah. but I have- I have one of those and also have a novel. So, you know, my goal for next year is to write another novel. Oh, so I mean, that's, that's kind of my plan right now. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just focused right mainly right now on writing. And because the, the movie, I mean, the movies are just reviewing cuts right now. So unless it's uh, it's, it's going to get into that stage where it's going to like get, get away completely for me, where you have where you have to let the composer, you have to let the sound people do their work. So, I mean, I don't have, I'm not going to I'm, I'm going to be there when they need me, but Right now it's about letting them do their job and then <laughs> and then like yeah. uh just check in on them yeah 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 i wanted to ask you i know we covered this just a little bit but in terms of what film can do for us um as a community as a society especially from the perspective that you bring you know um living in such a um turbulent place you know i, mm. I can't imagine you know uh, some moments uh, being easy in in the place where you live but why does juarez need the arts why does juarez need film um to better the community what 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 happens there um i always look at it from the perspective of the younger people i mean of the of the of the kids or the teenagers i think that let i mean given the possibility to develop i mean the the idea that they can tell their stories or that they can um do do that i mean become filmmakers or become 
our artists of some kind, I think that really opens out the possibilities of, you know, or just bettering their community. Because first of all, I think that art can be very essential into teaching um, empathy and mm -hmm. teaching um, just different perspectives of the world and just giving, and just, you know, with film, it's a it's a collaborative process. So, you know, the if, if you learn how to get along and just negotiating your ideas and just trying to figure out I mean, how to express your ideas and, and then in complicated situations, I think that I mean, I think those are great tools for, you know, for for children and for teenagers to learn. I think that that can make a difference in their lives because it gives them I mean, it gives them a good outlet for you know, for, for their, for, for their feelings and for dealing with the situations that, that they might find themselves in. So I, I think that if they learn that they can do that, you know, they have that option in their lives. I think that, I, I think that will make their lives seem a little better. And because their lives are better, I think that can make a whole community better as well. So it's, uh, it, it's something I always have in mind. I, I think that, I mean, it, I think there should be more film schools. There should be more, more ways of teaching film and, and art to, to children and teenagers. I think that, you, you give them, you give them that. I think that it's not just the, the I, think, I think our community and, and the whole world could start looking, could start looking a, a lot better. You know, I think that it, it will open up other possibilities for, you know, for the community as it is. It's amazing, man. Uh, I was going to ask you because I love these hokey questions and I apologize if you, okay. <laughs> but um, I, I just, uh, I love the arts. I love collaborating with people. And I, I know that, uh, that maybe you feel the same way because you're, you're a visionary and you're driven and you want to bring people in, but what have the arts done for you? What has film done for you in your personal life? How has it made it better? I mean, it's just, I think it has, it has taught me that I'm not alone. You know, it's, uh, I mean, this will sound a bit, I mean, it will sound a bit silly, but I, I just remembered um, very recently that, for example, I'm a big fan of this um, anime series called the Evangelion. And I watched the, when, when I, I watched the movie, the, the end of Evangelion, you know, that was supposed to be the conclusion to the, to the series when I was like 21 or so. Mm. And it was in a really rough path in my life. I was really, I was going for a really, really, uh, you know, for a really bad patch. You know, I was just uh, kind of like depressed and just kind of like very angry at the world. But watching that film, I mean, it's a movie. I mean, it's very, I mean, it sounds very funny because it's essentially a movie about, about kids and giant robots. But, you know, the way that movie works, I mean, it gets really into the psychology of the characters. And really, and into the themes that it explores, and it just it was just very cathartic and and beautiful, and it kind of taught me like, wow, I mean, I'm, I'm essentially, I mean, my emotions are being are essentially being affected by a bunch of drawings that were done at 24 frames per second, like, I mean, it's it's just it just taught me like, it, it was just so cathartic and just uh, taught me about wow, I mean, there's some kind of like magic to this, you know, some, some kind of magic to art, and. I don't know. I mean, that, that was one movie that did that for me. It just kind of like made me see that, I mean, that somebody, I mean, that, that somebody out there, you know, has had, I mean, I'm not out there pounding giant robots or anything like that, <laughs> but I know what it's like to feel like isolated from, from your friends. I know what it's like to, to feel like you're not good enough. So, I mean, in that sense, I mean, I'm not alone as a person. I mean, somebody has had this experience and can capture them perfectly on film. In a story that has that's not that's not a drama or anything like that. No, they did it in a sci-fi context. And for me, 
that was very powerful. And, you know, I think another movie that affected me similarly, it's um, Short Term 12. You know, it, it, I was also yeah. kind of uh, having some, uh, no, I mean, not really a hard time, but, you know, just kind of like a lot of, I mean, a lot of thoughts about what my place was in the world and what I could do to make it better, you know, if it was worth it to, to have hope for the future and all this. And, you know, I think that, and that movie, again, just taught me, like, you know, there's been other people who, dealt with these things before, you know, could deal with, with, mar- with much, um, with very difficult situations. And that really touched me. And so I, I don't know, I think that sometimes the right film, the, the, the right film, the right song, the right book just comes along and just, and just lets me see things in a different context, you know, and I think that a lot of people can have that experience as well. It, they just, it just helps you see things in a different way. And I think that's why film or art in general are, are so important. That's a wonderful note to end on, man. Thank you so much. Oscar, es un placer. Y para la próxima, para la próxima hay que hablar un poquito más español porque sí. ne- necesito un poquito de práctica. Ya ves que, que acá estoy un poco aislado. Um, but thanks, man. I really appreciate it. And anytime you, you want to come on, you know, when you got your movie coming out or anything else that you want to promote or get the word out about, I'd be happy to talk to you because we just scratched the surface. There's so much that I want to talk to you about, but we, you know, hopefully there will be a next time, you know, when you got something else going on. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah, man. I really appreciate your time. I'm going to stop recording, but I'm going to talk to you for Thank a sec. <laughs> Thanks, man. Sure. See ya.